Welcome to Essential Viewing. I'm Christian Cuevas. For today's episode, we'll be discussing the 1994 film Lay On, The Professional, directed by Luc Besson and starring John Renault, Gary Oldman, and Natalie Portman. If you'd like to watch along with us, next week we'll be discussing Brian De Palma's 1983 classic Scarface, starring Al Pacino and Michelle Pfeiffer. Thanks for tuning in. We had a great episode today, so let's get right into it. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Essential Viewing in our classic format. I'm the host today, Cole Bielan, joined by Christian Cuevas and Bryce Kramer. And today we're going to be talking about the 1994 French-directed English-language film Léon, the Professional, directed by Luc Besson. Um, this film stars Jean Renault, Gary Oldman, and I think Natalie Portman in her debut role. Yes, uh, I believe so. Um, we're going to be talking about that, but first, let's uh, let's go to the roundtable as usual. So, Bryce, you want to start us off with what you've uh, what you've been doing, what you've been watching this week? Yeah, I think um, watched two movies this week, unless I'm forgetting anything. But um, in a in the kind of like the worst pile, or like not maybe not garbage, <laughs> but I, I watched... like that you're segmenting your films into like. <laughs> good like trash like okay and good <laughs> it's a, it was definitely a bad movie i enjoyed it a lot i watched the um arnold schwarzenegger jingle all the way christmas oh my film. yes <laughs> a classic a christmas i love that movie <laughs> thank was, god it was it was definitely like not a good movie but like there's like no, some great very much like ridiculous stuff in it that i, I like put, laughed quite a bit at put um, that cookie down now <laughs> It, it feels like a, a campy 80s Arnold action movie that oh. just like happens to be a Christmas film. Um, oh, I watch that movie right? every year for Christmas. <laughs> this, was, this was my first time seeing it. Um, oh. There's like some great, some great action, some great comedy. Um, yeah. You know, his acting's like not Arnold's acting in this is, is not that great. Um, <laughs> and honestly, like he's had some good performances in some other movies, um, yeah. but it's just a campy, campy good time. Yeah. Um, and on the other side of things, I watched, uh, I think Chris mentioned this last week, I watched the Will Smith King Richard film hmm. um, about the Williams family. And I, I liked it a lot. Um, I think it hits like a lot of the same beats, like, you know, most of these kind of sports biopics do. But, um, you know, sports really what? Sports <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't understand that, Bryce. <laughs> sports biography pictures. Ah, there you go. Okay, I'll take that. Um, but you know, really great performance from Will Smith, like you're used to seeing. And, um, I, I don't know the actress's name, but the, the young girl playing Venus Williams was like super, super great also. Um, mm. so yeah, I, I recommend that one as well. Nice. And in, in terms of TV, I can't mention everything I watch cause yeah, I watch like a bunch of stuff, you know, week to week, like succession and whatnot. But, um, the new season of it's always sunny started. <laughs> over the last yeah. week so i watched that um that was a good time as well thanks uh chris oh man uh everything i watched this week was in the in the garbage pile unfortunately <laughs> um so i started it off with watching a uh, hostel part three. Oh, i saw that on letterboxd <laughs> yeah. um so yeah like like i was saying on there if you like the other hostel movies which i i do then you'd enjoy this one this one is like stupider but, you know, still a good time. Um, if you don't like the other Hostel movies, you certainly won't like this one. Uh, there's some there's some uh, funny moments in this one for sure. It's, it's interesting because it's like not even there's not even any real like 
hostile based combat in this one. It's it's set in <laughs> Vegas. And okay. Like, they don't really hostile based combat. <laughs> I've never seen or heard of any of these. Oh really? No. I've, oh, I've okay. heard of. Them. I know they're like known for being like bad kind of slasher, gory. Yeah. Well, the the premise right? is basically the premise of the whole series is that like, um, these people like like you know kids on vacation check into a hostel and then there's like this secret society of like rich people who like basically they purchase people and and then like kill them for entertainment Mm. so like the people who check into the hostel end up like being on the menu basically and there's like fancy people in suits like you know picking who they want and then they like you know get to like oh kind of like the the hunt yeah Mm. kind of but like more gory and more grimy yeah um yeah so this one was in vegas it was bad um but it was fun uh you know, not certainly not essential, essential watching. Then I, I saw um, on Friday, I, I saw the new Paul Verhoeven film, uh, Benedetta. And that, oh, no, <laughs> oh, no, that was that was real bad. I mean, oh, that, that was like so like basically the, the, the premise was that um, it's set in like the Black Plague which is, I think, occurred in like the 1300s, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah so it's set so. during the during the Black Plague. Oh, there's like a, a video game that takes place during the plague. Yeah, right now. <laughs> there's a there's a convent of nuns, and there's this one specifically named Benedetta. She um, basically the the setup is that she pretends that she's being like that she has all these like Catholic miracles happening to her, and is able to like gain power in the convent by like pretending to be subject of these miracles and then she she has like a lesbian relationship with one of the other nuns right Mm. and like you know the prem that premise alone could go many different ways but in this case like the whole movie really felt like it was there to serve like the director's perversion (laughs) oh no (laughs) boy and you kind of got the sense that like you know i wonder what's happening behind the camera (laughs) Oh, oh, oh no <laughs> oh, hey. it was really like i i considered leaving to be honest there were there were a few moments in particular that where i really um was was about to to get out of there uh it was it was bad it was bad it was it was oh. very like kind of demented sort of sort of sort of sick kind of movie that like oh geez and not not in like a way that like really felt like like it was like valuable it just felt like it honestly t- felt like they took a film from one of the the online film distribution uh websites that um, <laughs> some of our viewers are familiar with and they just like cut out all the the explicit parts and then what was left was the movie that you watched <laughs> oh <laughs> so yeah what kind of services are you talking about, Chris? I have no idea. I don't know. I, I, I've never, I've never tried. You have, one of you them, have a hunch. I, I've heard about them before. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. The various hubs and tubes. Yeah. Um. And then, okay, even worse, like, um, even I, worse. I, <laughs> it gets worse. I was kind of going down like the rabbit hole. I'm like, Amazon Prime has like the most demented selection of like late night. Oh, oh geez. or just like yeah weird spoof movies so i was watching amazon something. like picks up all the stuff that like the other services like yes. won't take oh, <laughs> the sludge <laughs> so i was watching this something called um preacher man what <laughs> <laughs> like i only made it through half of it but it was about like there's like a preacher who like 
Isn't that like a song? Is there's a song? There's like a theme song in the movie. There's like a preacher who like goes from town to town, like getting with like the young ladies of the town, and then is inevitably what? chased out of town by the sheriff. What? The oh my god! This poster is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't watch the movie, but at the beginning of the preacher movie, Amazon, 1971. Look at the yeah. poster. Cool. I'm. <laughs> Is it the one with the the cars? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I gotta look up this awesome. now. <laughs> oh, it's from this. It's from 1971. Yeah, but like, is like not worth watching. But like, there's a. Oh yes, yeah, this is it. There's like a trailer <laughs> at the beginning of it. I'll send it to you guys. There's like a uh-huh. three minute long trailer that plays at at the front that's just amazing. Like, okay. And there's like a song and everything. <laughs> oh man. Great. Yeah, and then it kind of just goes way, way, way downhill from there. Apparently, oh. it's a trauma film, so they're like, trauma was like they made all these like kind of they just like, like pumped out a bunch of crap. Yeah, all yeah. these like really bad like half horror, half like nudie films. Oh, like trauma. Okay, I, I think you're saying tr- like trauma. Oh, but... trauma. Yeah, it's trauma. like a production company that made all these like really crappy. Huh. <laughs> I not to, not I don't want us to spiral into a discussion on this, but there's a a podcast I listened to a few months ago where they basically did like a bracket of all the most like fucked up movies they'd seen. Yeah, and and it was like I I I can probably say I haven't seen any of them, <laughs> and I don't <laughs> think I ever will just based on listening to that. But any like, of I'll, what? Any of the those, the films that were in that bracket? Like oh, I've really? heard of them. There's one. There's this one called a Serbian film. Oh, I've um, heard. Of that, oh, I've yeah. heard of that. And, and like I know there's yeah. another kind you of infamous one. That on the podcast. No, no, not at all. <laughs> it's not your revenge for me thinking Avengers Endgame. Thank God. Um, but and another one is uh, there's like Antichrist with Willem Dafoe. Oh, That's yeah. one I, I've heard is like pretty is like notorious. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, preacher man. At least the poster looks badass. The the slogan is great. He's a smooth talking, law breaking pastor of disaster. Oh, <laughs> okay. Bryce, you're starting to sell me on this. <laughs> you know, it, it's that look. All the things that you guys are seeing are what made me watch it. But like, uh, it, it looks been... better than it is, except for the three minute like music video trailer thing that's at okay. the front of it which is just glorious and it, it really falls off after that but those first okay. three minutes are amazing um, <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah um so yeah that's what i watched okay cool and then um for myself i know last week when we did our kind of short round table before our re-release of the master episode i had talked about the two nicholas cage films that i saw and um, I, I had a similar thing this week, but instead I had a back, back-to-back Tom Cruise action pack. Oh, nice. Um, and my first film that I watched was from Chris's suggestion last week, Collateral, oh, cool. starring Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx. Um, I liked it. I don't think I don't think it was the five-star masterpiece that Chris uh, made it out to be, but it's a, it's a good film. It's oh. like a good exercise in like um, an action thriller that doesn't have a ton of like really huge set pieces. Um, Tom Cruise, I think looks really silly in like his like gray hair and beard, but like, but it's, you know, he's Tom Cruise. Like he just, he does this like Tom Cruise thing. He's kind of nuts. And, and, and then Jamie Foxx has a great performance in it. And, um, you're right, Chris, there are like a couple cameos from other actors, especially like popping in. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of surprised by, by one considering how early, early on it was in his career, but I won't, um, I guess release or spoil anything for Bryce in case he wants to see it. I have to watch it now. I mean, you'll see it if you just like look at the cast for the yeah, film. Don't too. don't do that. Just don't watch that. it. Yeah, I'll, I'll um, watch it. And then the second one I watched, I went back in time even further, and I watched Days of Thunder, starring 
nice. T- Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman and um, Robert Duvall. And uh, th- this film was really interesting. I, I actually liked it quite a bit. Um, for those of you that maybe aren't super familiar, because I, I literally hadn't heard of the movie until this week. Um, it's basically Top Gun, but with NASCAR. <laughs> um, and if that doesn't sell you on it already, I don't know what will. Um, some pros is are there a uh, beach volleyball scene. There's not a beach volleyball uh. scene. However, there is a scene where basically the, the premise of the movie is that Tom Cruise is like an up. He's like a kind of some somewhat successful F1 driver that wants to make his way into stock car racing, which is NASCAR. And, um, and Robert Duvall is like this kind of disgruntled uh, car, like crew pitch or crew pit chief slash like car mechanic builder. And he builds a car for Tom Cruise to race. Um, Tom Cruise's character's name is Cole Trickle. <laughs> Which is uh, one just an ex- an excellent name, namely because it's my name, but also because it's a, a reference to Dick Trickle, <laughs> who is a real NASCAR driver. Um, there's a cameo. This movie felt like it was basically like predicted part of my life because I was main main character's name is Cole. It's about NASCAR. My dad loves NASCAR, and he was act- so much so that he was going to name me af- after his favorite driver, Rusty Wallace. This is something that you guys have been told before. And Rusty Wallace has a cameo in the movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, the, but the best part by far, and I'll, I'll stop rambling about this, is that um, Michael Rooker is the, right? Yeah, Michael Rooker. He's the um, kind, of, kind of, he's initially like the opponent or like the the the, cha- the kind of guy that uh, Tom Cruise has a beef with in the movie. And then they become like best friends after they both get in a car accident um, like or a crash during a race. One, that crash scene is, like, insane. Like, anyone that would get to be involved in that crash would die, and these guys <laughs> both live. And then afterwards, they have, like, this kind of playful race where they get rental cars and drive them around, like, coastal North Carolina. And there's a scene where they're literally on a beach, like, crashing these rental cars into <laughs> each other as they drive through the water. Like, Sounds oh, like the beach volleyball scene. From yes, it's, 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 it's okay, so... This, this- it's so great. weird i can't like it's it's just like a really fun time um it's like it unfortunately it it depicts like nascar culture in the 90s so there are a lot of shots where you see confederate flags waving in the wind which is i feel oof. like that's is that not still nascar culture well, na- well it, it is but well, there's that big thing you know like a only just about a year ago right yeah nascar <laughs> banned the confederate flag at events a year, a year ago <laughs> um wow but very but yeah, it, it, as, I know <laughs> as someone that like was like grew up and was subjected to like watching a lot of NASCAR at home it, and I don't really care about it. This movie like made it compelling. Mm. Um, and like, yeah, it's also like Days of Thunder is also just like a badass title for a movie. Yeah. I, I, I highly recommend it. It's a, it's a great time. Um, and then, yeah, that's that's all I've been doing while I've been stuck in my hotel room this week. <laughs> that's cool. So, um. But I think we can, you know, get into the actual discussion of the film, uh, Leon the Professional. Again, this was my pick from last week, one that I hadn't seen before, but have been wanting to watch for a while. And I know um, Bryce has seen it maybe a, 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 long, a while long, back, long, long time ago. So, yeah. so Chris, do you want to maybe give us a, a plot synopsis? Yeah. Um, okay. Here we go. So, so Leon, our our, our titular professional, mm-hmm. is um, tax man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he, so he's a, he's a, yes, he's a, he's a hitman. And, um, basically he, uh, 
lives in an apartment next to um, a, a fellow who has ripped off uh, Gary Oldman. And Gary Oldman is a, well, at first we're kind of led to believe that he's a, uh, it's just sort of a, a thug drug dealer. Mm-hmm. We later find out that he's actually with the DEA. But anyways, um, so Leon's next door neighbor is is in deep water with Gary Oldman and ends up getting killed along with the rest of his family, except for his youngest daughter, who is uh, Matilda. Um, she ends up she she's out getting groceries when the murder happens. So when she comes back, she's able to pretend that she's not with that family and goes into Leon's apartment instead. And Leon is a rough and gruff hitman. He works alone, you know, all those sort of kind mm-hmm. of tropes. A, a of rough and gruff hitman with a heart of gold. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to, to clarify, Jean Renault play, plays uh, Leon, the hitman, and then Natalie Portman is portrayed or portrays Matilda. Yeah. Right, right. And Natalie Portman's so, like, what, like 12 or 11 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so she convinces him to, to take her in and she asks to learn how to clean, which is what they call uh hit doing the hits cleaning mm-hmm. um so you know bonding and uh coming of age ensues uh and um you know at, at eventually they end up getting you know uh matildas wants revenge against gary oldman's character for killing specifically her little brother which is like the one person in her family that like, yeah her, her, mean to her her dad like abused her like yeah i would hit her the rest of the yeah. family like didn't like her at all except for her, her little brother that she kind of looked after you know even more so yes. than, than her parents yeah. did yes so revenge bonding and coming of age ensues and you know it all kind of culminates in this really uh uh explosive sort of climax of, of kind of a one of those classic like building shootouts like apartment yeah. building shootouts where they, they they really go like full rainbow six in this <laughs> yeah one. it's pretty pretty nuts especially yeah. well we'll get into kind of maybe that last scene later but yeah the the, the sheer number of police officers that just descend on this apartment building <laughs> i like, want it's... everyone <laughs> yeah it's insane yeah um, yeah oh, so that's man. sort of the synopsis nice um, i guess i can start on what i thought of this film um I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, this is I know this is kind of considered to be like a pretty pretty excellent film, or at least from people I've spoken to and you know, reading reviews on Letterboxd and, and the like. Um, I thought that the performances from you know all the main cast members were pretty stellar. Gary Oldman is insane. Like yeah. actually, his performance is like insane, and I think it it like works. I, I kept I couldn't help but make comparisons to um dennis hopper as frank booth in blue velvet (laughs) not only because like they're so over the top and like menacing but also it seems there seems to be this kind of formula where if you take uh, a like a crazy villain and have them just like it imbibe in some kind of mysterious drug it makes it let them like more scary and that's exactly what gary oldman does when he like eats his pops his pills and then he like cracks (laughs) his neck and like gets ready to rumble um so that was really good um the I am a particularly big fan of the opening like ten minutes. Yes, where the the there's kind of the close up. They like John Murnau's kind of like you know obfuscated. Like they don't show him up close, and then he's like kind of descending, and it's almost like a horror movie monster like picking off these guys. It, it basically, sets up like um, John Murnau's Leon is like here's yeah. John Wick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and then when he he finally like emerges from the shadows with the knife around the, his hits the guy that he's supposed to target on his neck. Like it's such a cool reveal of like 
kind of getting a, a better picture it's very of like batman like yeah, yeah. and it's it just like so badass and then um unfortunately i thought that that the, there was like a lot of style and a lot of like um like interesting ways to shoot that that yeah, opening yeah. scene and then the rest of the film kind of loses it yeah in a way they did a lot in that opening scene with like extreme close-ups yes and a lot of kind of like very like uh unsettling sort of dutch angle type cinematography mm-hmm. and it, it just had this kind of very um there were also a lot of things with i think mounting the cameras to the actors and then having them run yeah um which is a super cool uh kind of look so a lot mm-hmm. of just like very kinetic kind of cinematography in that first sequence that i i do wish that they'd it kind of then got a little bit more there were still touches of that but then it got a bit more traditional yeah in the way that it was edited after that opening sequence yeah um, so yeah, he's a huge fan of the opening. I well, I guess t- this will kind of spoil my orig- my final rating. But when I after that opening, I was like, okay, this I think has the potential to be five stars. And unfortunately, because it did lose some of that that flavor later on, it, it didn't quite make it there for me. But um, but overall, I, I, like I it still liked has it. that umph during like the the scene where Natalie Portman's family gets oh that gets yes. killed as well. I do want to that, yeah. that too. There's a film that I actually thought like maybe inspired this film but actually mm-hmm. came out after this film but if you like that kind of flavor the movie uh la hen with okay. uh, vincent castle um is that another fr- it's another french a one, french right? film yeah that hmm. that movie is like it has that same kind of like weirdly like visceral sort of editing but it, it has it all the way through hmm. um so you definitely like that film it's it's much more kind of uh it's it's much more abstract and kind of like hard edge than, than this one um, okay but yeah just you'd, you'd like that one if you huh. like that flavor I, cool. I was gonna mention that it's like maybe inspiring the style of this movie but it turns out it came out a year after this one did so okay yeah cool maybe, maybe it was in reverse maybe this movie inspired that one yeah um, huh. yeah so so chris you, you sounded like you kind of had a, sim- a similar opinion to me and that like the initial opening scene and, and like bryce said the, the the scene where natalie portman's family gets offed to yeah. also i think has some of that that like that oomph and um but then and then you know that's when we first get introduced to gary oldman and then it kind of uh trails off after that as you they start to build yeah i mean there's like a lot less action you know for the middle Mm -hmm. yeah third of the movie and you know in a way the connection between those two characters i don't don't know if we want to dive right into analyzing that or if i should do my first impression of the movie Um, why don't you do first impressions yeah um you know i think like you know there's a concept of um of oscar bait you know Mm -hmm. and this and this movie you know it's like movies that are like designed to win an oscar and this movie kind of felt like ev seal of approval bait oh it's like i feel like you know cole wanted to get his name on the scoreboard here so Uh, let me let me pick one that'll (laughs) i mean that's a compliment like i liked it um you know like like i said like like we were discussing that that kinetic I thought you were about to say this was Oscar bait. And I was like, (laughs) oh, no, 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 (laughs) no. But like that kinetic editing style, you know, that intensity of it. um, I feel like it's it it kind of felt when I was watching it like this is like a classic like movie movie. You know what I'm saying? Like the kind Mm -hmm. of movie where it's like you've got like, you know, like uh, a a hitman with heart of gold type setup and like you know you've got all these vicious bad guys and you know he's got like an iconic outfit on and he's got yeah. like a little girl he has to take care of it just felt like a really like like kind of like 
the kind of movie that would be playing on TV in the background in another movie. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. <laughs> Much like, like uh, Singing in the Rain is playing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in this one. Yeah. It's the kind of, I feel like it feels like the kind of movie that would be playing in the background in like a Tarantino movie, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, like it, it, it's cool. Um, you know, the action was great. John Renault is like an icon, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, he um, looks badass. Yeah, like the, he the looks, glasses and the glasses. Cap. Yeah, yeah. I also like some of his like funny. He makes the funniest like facial expressions. It, you know? Yeah, like when he when he's in the theater watching. I think when he like, like the the movie that he's watching in the theater is seeing in the rain, right? Yeah. Like, yes. Okay. They, they, like his expression, like he looks kind of dumb. Looks like, like he looks yeah. like a little like puppy. Like yeah, well, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Like he he's able to carry this like hardcore hitman thing, but at the same time he's able to have this like childlike innocence. Mm-hmm you know uh, yeah and like um i i just want to say there's there's a recurring kind of i don't know if you want to call it a motif or what but but uh leon loves milk which yes. is i think is is really funny and i know that there's there's kind of this thing where um in film mo- like villains typically always like, have a nice bottle of um whiskey or whatever you know well, well, well no not even that but like I, i've heard I've, I've read or seen maybe maybe there's like a video essay about like how milk and like consuming villains consuming milk in films is meant to be like very unsettling because milk is like associated with like childhood yeah. and like kind of being young and so when you see like an adult that has this kind of like weird kind of either profession or, or like in leon's case like he kills people for a living it's kind of unsettling but in this case because you like him it's kind of endearing and he just yeah, drinks right. a shitload of milk yeah <laughs> just, my stomach I, I, I was, my stomach was grumbling seeing all that milk I'm like somebody get that man some oatly yeah <laughs> yeah i i assume that he's not lactose intolerant or he drinks enough milk that his gut can handle yeah. it yeah um but yeah, he trained I his gut to tolerate lactose. The whole time I was thinking, like, my man Leon, all he needs is a, a, a I guess, a young woman and a cold glass of milk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in this case, the young woman's Natalie Portman. Um, sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, like I said, I it was a great movie. Like, there's, um, I really, it's not like I have many things that I can really like, um like point out as negatives um Mm -hmm. that i have some things that i kind of like want that are questions in my mind okay like and sort of like one of them is like they sort of dabbled played danced on the line of the concept of there being like an inappropriate relationship between uh uh, leon and matilda and i'm like i'm just kind of i was wondering like what yeah what was that even you know in there yeah i i have a i have a question i want to ask you guys about that but i want bryce to give his like kind of uh overview first mm-hmm. if yeah. you don't mind bryce i think i pretty much agree with a lot of the same things you guys mm-hmm. are saying um like i said I, I saw this movie i don't even remember how long ago now but um it may have been like five or ten years, something crazy like that. Um, but you did you rewatch it? Yeah, yeah, I rewatched oh, it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hated it the first time. I was like, "There's no way I'm watching it again. I've already seen it. Screw you, Cole." Nah. No, I yeah, I, I like this movie a lot. Um, the action and and a lot of the editing and, and cinematography, especially in those first couple of scenes we were talking about, is top notch. Um, mm-hmm. And then kind of that core relationship between uh, Leon and Matilda is just like so sweet and endearing that it kind of really gives you the, the connection of this movie that I, I like a lot of the time when I'm watching stuff. And I, maybe that's why Chris, Chris noted, this is kind of 
essential viewing bait because yeah. you know it, Damn. It's, it's got that element for me Damn. it's got like the gritty action and violence yeah. <laughs> for cole and you know like, the great editing and stuff that, that chris likes um mm-hmm. so yeah, i, I gotta get on the board i gotta get on that essential <laughs> viewing yeah. board so i think that element you know really really brings me in and connects to that movie and i think the two really have this this super sweet you know well-developed thought out um relationship through the movie that really really draws me in and connects me to it you know further from just kind of like the the action and violence in this one um but yeah some of the things that that chris was just bringing up in terms of that relationship between them it seems like for the most part it's just like a very like sweet you know father-daughter relationship so it's kind of like why do they have like those those small hints in the movie it doesn't feel like it, it adds much um so like for, yeah, for the most part, I really, I really enjoy this. But there's like just a couple of weird little mm-hmm. tidbits or moments or things that like kind of bring it back a little bit or that or that I didn't like. Um, also, as, as a weird kind of point, I felt that the, the score for the movie, like the music was like very like generic. Mm. <laughs> oh, really? Or like if the, the the music felt like almost like a TV movie. <laughs> OK, <laughs> like the generic kind of like guitar strings and stuff. I don't know. I don't know how to place it other other than like it just it just felt off to me. There were there were some aspects of the score that I liked. Um, I'm kind of a there there there's specifically that scene, and I remember seeing it because it's the at least for on my like Netflix account at home, it's the one that plays like if you mouse over the title card, it, right, you know, right, right, play yeah. like whatever. It's the scene where they're walking along the sidewalk and yeah. you kind of like half the shot is taken up by the horizon and then you see yeah. their heads come over, and that's when Leon's like, Stop saying okay like that, okay. Um <laughs> And there's kind of this like metallic, like industrial, like ch- uh, like clanking going on, and like that's kind of a, a, an aspect of the score in the film. And I liked that. It felt I don't know. I, I'm like I'd say I'm somewhat of a fan of like industrial electronic music, and that kind of reminded yeah. me of that. And it kind of like felt like they were in this like the machine of New York, like kind of just cranking by, and mm-hmm. they're just kind of inside of it. But then there are other aspects I'm of like the, the score, more like the stereotypical like strings like, and yep yeah and that that did feel like a little like the little like inspired like they threw them in like some of like, the emotional moments and it was like mm-hmm. i don't know it drew me back like it, i feel like it didn't even need that like the acting and like mm-hmm. the relationship they had developed was so good it just kind of like i don't know it made it feel a little more generic yeah um but, but yeah, for the so, most part like i don't really have many complaints about this i'm kind of grasping at straws here where i'm like oh uh, i didn't like the score that much like for the most part you know i'm, I'm kind of all in on this one okay um, so yeah, I guess going to that, that, that point you guys were making about the, the relationship between Leon and Matilda, um, I want to start with a couple questions. One, what platform did you guys watch this on? Oh, I, I watched it on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, Netflix for me. Okay. Um, d- th- my, I watched it on Amazon prime. Uh, how, or I guess, do you guys remember how long the movie was for you? Uh, it's like just under two hours, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Was there was and then so my my last question is: Was there a scene where Natalie Portman like kind of comes like not comes on to uh, Jean Renault, but says like he starts kind of talking about um girls at school talking about like their first time having sex? Oh, what? No. Okay. Okay. No. So no, no. So that's that's the thing. I was reading the plot synopsis for this uh, last night on Wikipedia, and there's one little paragraph where they talk about. It basically describes. There's a scene where Leon sits down with Natalie Portman and talks about how he became a cleaner. Um, do you guys remember that at all? 
Oh, yo, I hate watching no. edited versions of movies. I, I, I know. No, so, that so wasn't I, in it. So oh, I, think, I hate that. So the, the plot synopsis on Wikipedia describes this scene that, and it's not mentioned that like this the version was cut out, but I think whatever version like is circulating online is like has this scene cut out where basically Natalie Portman kind of more directly says like, oh, you know, like girls at school have told me about what it was like their first time having sex and how they didn't like it. And that, you know, afterward, like they, it's like you have to love the person that you have your first time with. And it, she kind of like is indirectly coming on to Leon and okay, saying, that was 100 percent not in. Not yes. In and, and it wasn't in my version. There's a either. scene where she says like, oh, I love you. And it's like, oh, it's like, yes. as a father or whatever. And like he like spits out his milk as like, <laughs> yes, in, that, in okay, that, yeah. so I was like the spit out of the milk was like, oh, is this does he think this is like sexual? I'm like, it, it's been like smallly into that. But I'm thinking like. No, 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 it's just like, well, you know, he's surprised that like this little girl like loves him as like a father or whatever. I, that was what I was wondering because it, it seems so unclear what the yeah. intention was. And this, this, the fact that there's, I'm not surprised that there was something cut out that yeah. was obviously and, critical. And, and yeah, so I was able to find that deleted scene on YouTube pretty easily. And just to, it's like a five minute scene, which I think makes sense because the, what the runtime on that listed on Wikipedia is 110 minutes and the, mm-hmm. my screening was, my, my film was 95 so for some reason this scene where natalie portman kind of comes on to him and is more direct about this like maybe sexual relate like not i don't think it actually happens yeah but, there's like, no relationship yeah. portman, she has some sort of feelings and yes yeah. and and so and i think there's the scene when john Monroe like he's sleeping on the bed and he wakes up and he's like distraught and he tries to reach for his gun that scene happens the scene that's del- that was deleted happens right before that because oh, at yeah, the end, yeah. at the end of the deleted scene, they like lay down and go to sleep together in the same bed because you know he always sleeps on his like chair. That was one thing I noticed about that scene that was uh-huh. kind of strange is that when he wakes up, she's kind of the way that she's playing it, the way that Natalie Portman's playing it is is almost as if they'd just gotten it on and they were waking up after that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know how there's like, always that scene in movies where it's like they they, uh-huh. they did it and then they're <laughs> the morning up after. The next morning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that was how it, it kind of the vibes felt. So it's uh-huh. not surprising that that's where the deleted scene went. And, and I didn't I didn't really notice like disjoint. It was it didn't seem like that disjointed when I was watching it. In terms of like I wasn't like oh how did he get in this bed? He always sleeps in the chair. I just no, kind of, like, I know. I'm just saying it. that like the way she performed made it yeah feel like that's what she thought happened in her head or that's what she was kind of the mood she was in. You know. Yeah. So, so I thought that was very strange and that that seems to be more like a more direct or like more direct than the already indirect references or kind of allusions to this like somewhat un- unprofessional relationship that <laughs> Leon might be having having. But but I, I, that doesn't actually happen in the film and they seem to have cut it out because they didn't want it to imply it even more, um, which is very strange. And I agree with you, Chris. I don't like the fact that there are like different edits of movies and that can like drastically change how you perceive them and feel about them yeah i just imagine like you know usually like if you're watching them on tv it'll say like this movie has been edited <laughs> from its original TV, format fine but like i just don't want to go and do like a posthumous like review of every movie that's ever come out and everyone yeah. they've gone and cut them to like be like app compliant with like 2021 yeah ideologies like that's <laughs> It's like some Fahrenheit 451 type, like. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very strange. Um, there needs there should there needed to have been some sort of like message or disclaimer saying like, you yeah. know, like we changed some stuff in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, and I, I couldn't, I didn't look into it too deeply, but like, I couldn't find anything that said like, oh, this version has been cut out from the, from the version or this like scene has been cut out from versions distributed on like, on like streaming platforms or anything like that, which is disappointing. Um, mm. I, I, Bryce, you mentioned earlier, you guys mentioned earlier the, the scene when the second time that John Renaud like chokes on his milk, um, I, that just like I, I that got me for some reason like I went back and like watched it a couple times because he like just like spits it all over the place yeah <laughs> it was just like very funny to see this yeah. man that's like a cold-blooded killer and he like as soon as this like young girl like tells him that he that she loves him he just like spit takes the milk yeah I think yeah. now that you like talked about the scene that was cut it's like him spitting out because like he thinks she's coming from like a sexual yeah right angle right yeah before i was like oh is he spitting out because he doesn't like actually want to be like this girl's father figure you know mm-hmm. um, yeah and, and then and you know she goes up to the the bellhop or the, the the guy at the desk in the hotel and says yeah. like oh you know he's my lover and they get kicked out um yeah it's, it, it definitely i thought that was a good way to like characterize or like natalie portman you know is this like very uh mature i guess 12 year old and how I mean, she like she, she she's seen a lot of shit yeah, yeah. And, and i think that, that like old. opening scene with her family and like the dynamic between her her dad and like being abusive and and like her siblings and her like stepmom being kind of just assholes like characterizes it enough so you're not just like oh why is this 12 year old also an asshole yeah right um, but um but yeah so i thought that was like, like a they, they that scene helped characterize it so it didn't feel very strange or like made sense as to why she you know spoke and and acted the way she did <laughs> I'll, I'll say an, one other scene that confused me um and, and was was kind of shocking at first is when uh leon's they take him they go to the roof pot, rooftop outside of central park yeah and with the rifle <laughs> oh and, yeah <laughs> and i was just like okay like they're just like scoping it out and that the guy shows up in the track suit and like gets out and is jogging with his security guards but then like I, I didn't understand like who that guy was like why why they bothered well the like... credits call him uh important jogger okay uh, <laughs> yes. it's just like i was very confused because like it it, it seemed like there was going to be some greater subplot where you know this is like an important guy and i thought that they were just gonna straight up kill him like i thought leon yeah. was like yo pick anyone and off their ass <laughs> like like get him out of here but then it it seemed like she shot him with like an airsoft yeah. Like a paintball like or something. A paintball yeah. or something. I was just like that whole scene was very strange, and I was like really convinced that they were just gonna straight up murder a guy in Central yeah. Park. Um, and then the fact that there was like some preamble to to that guy, and like ha- him having security, felt like there was something that was also cut out or removed. It was a, it was a very good scene. Yes, it just, it just felt like um a little disembodied. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was just like it one was other so thing strange because kind of it was like they it. were building it up to like make you think, right? She's going to shoot this random guy. Like that was the point of the scene, and then she doesn't, and it's like, it almost felt like okay. What was the point of, <laughs> of making sometimes, us think she's gonna about to kill some random guy? Sometimes for movies, they'll people they'll be like a short film, like proof of concept type thing for the movie mm-hmm. that gets made mm-hmm. to kind of just like show quickly, like sort of the feel and central idea of the movie and it almost felt like that that scene almost felt like it's like that sort of thing like you would see it disembodied before seeing the movie and it would tell you kind of who the characters are and kind of how their lives are you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but within the actual overall plot it didn't actually necessarily make that much sense just because like they introduced this character for no reason yeah Um, 
just for the effect of like thinking that they were, like you said, the effect of like, oh, they're just going to literally go up here and, and just kill anyone. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I liked, I liked how they also, the way that, um, you know, that scene Leon's talking about, you know, when you first become a cleaner, the first weapon you use is the rifles because it allows you to stay far away from yeah. the target. And the better you get, the closer and closer you can get. Well, until... they called the target, uh, the client, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh, really? Yeah. They said the closer you get to being a pro, the closer you can get to the client. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I forgot about that. And then, and then that's that's shown earlier on in the film when Leon pulls his knife out on the, his first guy that he's hitting. You can see like, okay, he is like top tier, like yeah. S level hitman at yeah, this exactly. point. Um, but yeah, so I thought that that kind of characterization and like not really world building, but kind of development is was was cool. You guys want to talk about Gary Oldman? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I I think that you could maybe draw a compare or you could criticize and say that he's overacting in this. But again, I think he's just like an insane bad guy <laughs> and well, and it works the one thing that i thought was funny about his character is that um he he acted normally when he was around like when he was like once you discover that he's a cop and like he's in the context of being a cop he's acting like more normal right uh -huh. which almost made it feel like as opposed to that crazy acting being his actual character is more just like this, like sort of sick indulgence that he does, like almost just like memeing almost yeah. when he's, when he's like doing illegal stuff, you know what I'm uh -huh. saying? As opposed to like, I'm saying there's a difference between like uh, 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 Dennis Hopper's character in blue velvet. Who's like, that actually is who he is. He's like actually crazy. It's in this movie. It's like, Oh, he's just like kind of like messing around almost. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't really yeah. know like what the uh like what he was supposed to be. Like was it for real? Which one is for real is what I'm saying, you know. Yeah. And and it's it's kind of it's even scary to think that if if that like him at the office, you know, the DEA agent office and like that's his normal self and the fact that he just becomes completely unhinged when he's doing his shady like yeah. dirty cop things. Like when he goes in and murders the family, Natalie Portman's family, it's like it's really brutal. Like they yeah. he just like kills the wife in the bathtub. And then like they, like, I think the, the, the small child like dies off screen, which is probably for the better. That'd be yeah, a lot. I don't think any oh, of us yeah. wanted to, but, yeah, but yeah, that. they're just like, yeah, you killed a four year old. Like it's pretty, it's really dark. And, and the there's, fact that there's like, a super impactful scene later on where like Emily Portman goes back to their apartment to like get her doll and like mm -hmm. the money she knows is stashed away. And like, she sees the, the chalk oh, outline yeah on the ground yeah. yeah um but yeah i think that in terms of um the yeah his his like character i i think there's another movie that um i haven't seen it but it's starving starring uh harvey keitel bad lieutenant um it, and and it's it seems very similar to i think the premise is like harvey keitel's a new york and nypd like police lieutenant and he is just like a dirty cop that's like addicted to drugs and he kind of the whole movie is him like going about his like crooked police beat um and, and it felt very much like uh like gary oldman was kind of that, that character was like plucked out and made the villain of this movie you gotta watch bad lieutenant port of call new orleans, new orleans. With nicholas cage <laughs> uh directed by um by Werner herzog, Werner yeah. herzog yeah i've heard i've heard that it's uh not at all related to the original one but i want to see both oh yeah it's great it's got one of my favorite movie scenes ever in it oh <laughs> perfect um but yeah i think i mean gary oldman is is like yeah, fantastic he's just a really good villain like yeah 
<laughs> like the fact when he like six like all like were i guess half of NY the nypd like on this one building to take on leon and like the the scene when he um leon kind of you know outmaneuvers the police and puts on the gas mask it's like very tense because he's just getting walked past like 200 officers like waiting in the stairwell and you're just like waiting for one of them to be like wait what about like who's this guy it's great um, too because like you kind of i didn't realize it until that point in the movie but i was like like there's they haven't had like a face to face yet like yeah nobody so they don't know who actually what he looks like what he is or like what he looks like they're just like yeah on the hunt for him and it's like the super kind of you don't you don't see that often you know like most of the time in action movies like mm-hmm. oh no it'll just be a big explosive shootout until like yeah. the bad guy gets out of or the good guy gets out of there um mm-hmm. but you kind of he gets to use his wits and <laughs> oh i guess spoilers for any of the movie now but like you know he doesn't he doesn't actually like escape but he he he, he makes his revenge um and gary oldman gets him like just as he's about to be there's a, free. Yeah. a great shot there where you you just see his um you see his po like you see that gary oldman is behind him mm-hmm. holding the gun to the back of his head and then you know you see him kind of smiling because he thinks he made it then you see his pov of just like the bright yeah. light coming in from it the outside like and the then the screen flashes like, yep. yeah <laughs> yeah the screen flashes, and they basically just like set the camera on the ground mm-hmm. you know it's like very simple but very uh impactful kind of technique you know and it definitely gets the point across better than like you know obviously you see the aftermath where he's bleeding out and stuff but i like it i like that subtlety better than just like showing him getting popped you know what i mean yeah especially because like they talked about him as like you know being untouchable you know the bullets just glide off that's what um danny aiello's character said Mm -hmm. uh to him so it's cool that i didn't show it you know they just showed the aftermath of it yeah yeah um (laughs) i guess one thing that that was not difficult to stomach like i can suspend disbelief enough but like when the first the first uh scene when the the the, uh gary oldman and his goons come and like kill natalie portman's family and they're just like there's just like gunfire and like like no no like nothing silence like everything's (laughs) loud you're talking about and and, like then the old the old lady comes out and she's just like no like no one is concerned that there is gunfire (laughs) coming from inside this apartment building (laughs) in new york and then like you know during the final scene when the like the the hotel they're staying in gets swatted and there's like explosions and they launch like that like 60 millimeter grenade into yeah. the apartment and like leon dives out of the way it's like chris does that happen all the time in new york <laughs> oh yeah explosions all the, all the time <laughs> <laughs> um there, there's another like just kind of talking about like new york and like the experience there there's a scene early on when um the first scene with natalie portman and she's like smoking a cigarette and uh, she puts she like tries to hide it and um, Leon's like why did you hide the cigarette and she says something about like rats there are already enough rats around yeah. and she didn't want the rats to get it or something well she was like, she was saying about rats about like, people who would tell on her to her father oh oh I was I thought she was talking yeah. about those New York City subway rats well it's a bit of both right? yeah it's yeah. like a, it's like a double entendre right like ah, this see. building is full of rats yeah uh, I have to say like it was cool like it's definitely like a very new york movie like there's like a ton of spots that i i recognize like leon rides the six train which is like the same train i i ride uh, most of the time um so it's cool just is, like, is that cable car a thing to roosevelt the, island i've never seen the, that it is a thing yeah it is okay. it's a thing uh, yeah I, i've ridden that too it's pretty cool actually it's funny though because she takes it to get to um roosevelt island but but then like 
this, the actual school that she's at is like in New Jersey. Like taking that cable car is that that cable car goes the opposite direction of New Jersey. So oh, okay. <laughs> it was um, wasn't really accurate, but it was only yeah. a New York native would know that, Chris. That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought the assumption was that the school was on the island. Well, that's what I'm saying. They showed they showed a, the the view of New York from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Is the last oh, shot. and I, I think see. I thought they said the school was in New Jersey too. Yeah, maybe. yeah, they okay. made that reference earlier. But then she goes to Roosevelt Island to get there, which is literally yeah, the opposite <laughs> direction. Also, there's like no way to get to Roosevelt to New Jersey from Roosevelt Island, even if okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. it was well. I don't want to speak on Lucas's knowledge of New York, <laughs> a New York City mass transit podcast. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. What's your favorite subway train? <laughs> Super relatable. One thing I wanted to mention, I thought was funny, is that like. So Danny Aiello, who played like kind of the the uh, uh, old Tony, like the uh-huh. restaurant. He gives Luke, boss. He, no, not he gives um Leon his hit targets and like yeah, exactly. holds holds his cash for him and his his bank, which is much better than a, a, <laughs> a regular bank. Because bank. regular I, banks are always getting hit. <laughs> I think it's funny that like in every movie he seems to play the owner of an Italian restaurant. Yeah. He's like very concerned about like the correct preparation of Italian food. You're thinking about do the right thing. <laughs> yeah. So he yeah. do the right thing. He played Sal who owned Sal's pizzeria. I also watched this movie called um, two days in the Valley. And in that movie, he is a guy who used to own an Italian restaurant and then becomes a hitman. Nice. <laughs> so it's like a, it's like a sort of bridge from this movie to do the right thing. But yeah, I feel like he must have gotten typecast after do the right thing as like oh. being an Italian restaurant owner, which he plays that role very well. He's like. he's very good. Like in, I mean, I think I've only seen him in this and do the right thing. But like, he's great in both. Yeah, I like kind of these. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we we've, we've had like if you guys want to talk about anything else, I know we had a pretty short but like I think concise discussion of this. It seems like we all you know liked Leon quite a bit. One um, thing I want to say is that like the movie actually is like I think it's interesting kind of how um, whimsical the movie is in a lot of respects. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that are like I love blown the bit, up. like right after. Um, you know, her family gets killed and like she goes into yeah. Leon's apartment the first time and, and she he like comes up with this funny story for her about, oh, I've got a pig over in my yeah, yeah. in my kitchen. And then like he has this whole bit where he has a little like oven mitt that's a pig and it's yeah. just it's yeah. a very sweet, whimsical moment. But sorry to interrupt. Continue. No, no, it's fine. There's a lot of things that are kind of blown into like almost cartoonish proportions. Like mm-hmm. even even like the the big rainbow six scene, like they bring a ridiculous number of cops, like they're shooting off like rocket launchers like in the hallway of the apartment building right like everything's it's kind of like way like over the top almost yeah and like it's interesting um it's just an interesting stylistic choice like i know this director that's kind of his style like i don't know if you guys have seen um the fifth element no i know luke was on directed it but i haven't seen it oh that you 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 guys would like that one but yeah it's another kind of like wildly over the top like fantasy Mm -hmm. sci-fi kind of movie and i thought thought it was interesting the kind of balance in this movie because it is sort of a gritty serious kind of crime drama but it's not like you know it's not something like like goodfellas or something you know it's like <laughs> yeah it's like a bit more kind of cartoonish there's some like funny moments and a little bit of levity here and there yeah there's the great bit when um what's his name and and the ending scene when Gary Oldman's like, "There's 200 of you, and you can't find yeah. one guy and a girl." Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, like I, I agree with your point about it being like somewhat whimsical, and it still works. It's not so disjointed that um I like it, it stood out as like 
as like a glaring issue for oh no me. it works great i mean i think yeah. i thought it was great it's just like a very interesting yeah. stylistic kind of thing to do yeah um for a movie like this yeah so i mean i'm i'm, I'm happy to, to get into scores now if you guys are, are ready to go um i i kind of alluded to it earlier so i can i can start i think i i did really i like love the opening of this film i think like the first 10 minutes even the, the even including the scene where we they introduced gary oldman and it kind of like the first bit when um you know leon goes back to his apartment and then and then matilda's out grabbing milk and she comes back and there's like that tension of her like trying to get into his room or yeah. get into his apartment and like she's just like keeps be, like kind of quietly muttering like please open up like that's such a good scene and i i kind of wish that kind of that level of energy and tension carried on throughout the rest of the film i think it lost it a little bit um it still works and it's still a great time i think there's a great story that's told and, and it's very satisfying to watch so um although this this was you know my pick and i feel like uh when we make we you know pick our films the person that picked them has a tendency to rate them five stars <laughs> i i won't be rating this five i'm, I'm gonna be giving this a, a four uh, like really solid um really really like it but but yeah some of those disconnects and then the little bit like that bit that's edited out and for why there's that's that was left out and and um there's no it seems to be like uh, a cutback version of the 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 director's like true image of the film is kind of a uh un, not unsettling but it doesn't doesn't work didn't work 100 for me yeah i i think a lot of the same points as cole i like this one a lot um the main you know kind of adoptive father daughter relationship between Leon and Matilda is like super sweet and endearing throughout this movie. Um, I just think it gets, it gets drawn back because of, you know, like, like Cole mentioned this, this weird scenes that get cut out and these weird scenes that are in the movie, as far as like her sexual, um, it kind of like more of like a coming of age sort of thing for, for Matilda, how like, you know, she's growing into her sexuality or whatever. It's, you know, it's an important part of, of people's life, but um, it feels, especially in this edited cut, it feels very tacked on and it doesn't feel like it adds much yeah. to the movie. And I think even with that one extra scene in there, I don't think there's enough um, to make it worthwhile or, or, or explored well enough, or it doesn't just come off as, as creepy and, and weird. Um, so I think that definitely brings the movie back. I think if they would have just removed those elements and just had this father daughter relationship, it would have been a lot stronger, but um, you know, again, as far as the cut I watched, there's just like maybe these, one or two weird moments that kind of pull you back. Um, mm -hmm. But other than that, you know, all, all the action is fantastic. Um, it's funny. It's it's entertaining. You know, I, I'm enthralled from all the performances, especially, you know, the core three, Gary Oldman, Sean Renault, and Natalie Portman. They're all, they're all great in this. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to give it the same score as Cole here. I'm going to give it four oh. stars as well. <laughs> oh, well, that does it. <laughs> Well, um, a lot of the things that have already been said, I agree with. I mean, it's a very, look, it's a very kind of tight and like visceral thriller. Um, it's got a good, you know, that, that father daughter dynamic that, that that's there is very um, entertaining. Um, and, uh, you know, the action is great. Like John Renault is great. Gary Oldman is fantastic. Gary Oldman's like one of the, I feel like he's like one of the best actors there is, you know? Yeah. Um, so like I, I really enjoyed watching this movie. Um, I'm actually surprised you guys both gave it fours. Um, oh. <laughs> but um, you know, like like you guys have said, there there's the whole thing with like 
I'm not, it's not even necessarily that I like object to it. Like, oh, this shouldn't be in a movie. Like, it it could be in a movie. I just yeah, like, yeah that's kind of what I was trying to say. Like, yeah, you know, the, the coming of age and like discovering your sexuality like is an important part of life, but yeah. I don't think it's like explored. I I just felt sufficiently like, in this where you know it I was... felt like they either should have not done it or they should have like made it more, more integral yeah. to the overall story that was yeah, being told. Exactly. It kind of felt like this weird like side item, and as like a side thing, it it doesn't makes sense it, it or, feels or just work. very creepy and weird as yeah a, exactly. as a side thing so yeah. like you know that that i think knocks us down a peg um man that opening sequence is so cool uh yeah. and and so was the so was the ending i thought the ending was cool so there was something iconic about like like you know all those guys yeah just the, 200 guys yeah and they all have like the <laughs> balaclavas on and they're just like in the in the hallway and they're all like you know they're they're like kind of like these classic like SWAT dudes, you know, and yeah, um, so yeah, it was, it was it's just like this epic scene of like we got to throw everything we have yeah. at this one dude, yeah, just to take him in. And like the, yeah. the 200 dudes doesn't work, you know, Gary Oldman gets lucky in the end, <laughs> but yeah, I was kind of hoping that there was going to be some kind of like choke point thing where he would somehow like take out 200 dudes <laughs> by just oh them all through the entrance of the apartment you know because oh, <laughs> i love the funny. concept of when the concept of choke points and you know like the movie 300 basically revolves around that whole concept <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah. so but yeah it was, it was a cool movie um you know i think i think i'd probably slot it at four stars Oh, wow. So. Yeah, I was going to say the only way I'd get on the board for EV seal approval is if Chris gave it five. But I, I think that's fair. We have integrity here. We're not going to yeah. pick films. We're not going to cherry pick films just to score points. Is this right? the first time we've all given a film the same score? I think so. I think so. Which is uh, just the wrong score for Cole's purposes. Yeah. No, it's it's fine. Like I said, we have integrity here. 12 out of 13 stars. It's still a very, a very stars. good score. It's a good score. Yeah. And I, oh. I feel like I feel like our rating kind of sells it short a little mm-hmm. bit. Like I feel like it's definitely worth watching, and I feel like you guys would agree with me that it's worth watching. Oh, oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. It's just not hitting our our our, our, our thirteen star bar is like so high that yeah. you know it's <laughs> it's tough to get on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean a twelve out of fifteen is still a very a very good yeah. collective score. It's it's like lowercase e and lowercase v essential viewing. Essential viewing. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's that's good. That could be the next tiers if it if it gets 12 stars. It's it's like it's essential enough. Yeah. Uh, but um it, it's, but, it's it's required watching. Ah, yes. <laughs> now, nah, right, so that's that's where the filth goes. <laughs> um, but um but yeah, thanks guys for indulging me with this one this week. Uh I think Chris it's your pick. Have you uh, have you decided what we're going to be watching for her next week's episode? Yeah, um you know, I'm I'm central viewing the revenge. I'm conflicted oh, no. because I have there's so many like uh priorities that are that are competing here. Like I feel like we do need to do need to do the Matrix before the Matrix 4 comes out. Uh-huh. But I also have a pick and I want to use it. Okay. Um, <laughs> and you know, I I have some movies I've thought about picking, but I think, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe now is a good time for revenge. I don't know. Oh, if this, no. oh no. I don't know if this movie. I'm will... excited. I want to, I want to, I want to see whatever this revenge pick is. Honestly. I don't know. if I, Hopefully. Well, it, hopefully you guys haven't seen this one. Have All you right. guys? I don't know. 
my revenge pick is the master uh, two yeah, the electric master boogaloo two is the um the the al pacino classic scarface oh oh i have not seen scarface uh, okay. i have it was many it was probably eight years ago now so okay, I, well, I, I think that that's we'll need to rewatch yes um i'm glad you picked something that's just about as long as Avengers Endgame. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was one of the, definitely one of the factors. So yeah, the, the 1983. Um, so Scarface is actually a remake of. I think it's a remake. It's like a remake of a remake, maybe. Because um, oh. the original Scarface is like a Chicago mob movie in like the 30s, I think. But this is the 1983 Brian De Palma, Al Pacino, Michelle oh. Pfeiffer, Stephen Bauer, Scarface. It's oh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Music by I didn't I just realized this the, the score the soundtrack is by Giorgio Moroder. Um, I'm not like, familiar. Giorgio Moroder was like a, one of the biggest like disco and like producers. He worked with um Donna Summer and other like icons of the oh. late 70s and early oh. 80s. There's a song cool. on the on the last Daft Punk album called Giorgio where he talks about his like his life story and then the beat drops right when he says his own name you check out that song if you haven't heard it before oh that's um, cool but yeah this is like i feel like this is one of the iconic movies of the 80s and like when you talk about the aesthetic of the 80s like i uh-huh. feel like this movie like is it you know um so i'm yeah, excited, I'm, to, I'm excited to, to watch it. it i mean yeah i don't know if i'm gonna like it or not but it's definitely one where i feel like i need to watch this <laughs> um yeah so so two two things one i think i'll be trading in my my uh, flamethrower for a chainsaw for this next episode. <laughs> um, and then, and then uh, you, since you brought up the soundtrack and the score and not to keep talking about days of thunder, but Hans Zimmer <laughs> does the soundtrack for days of oh, thunder, really? a film about NASCAR. Oh, wow. Um, which is pretty, it's, it's, it, I mean, you can kind of see the influences there. I mean, this made, f- movie was from 1990, so it's, you know, over 30 years old now. Um, and so I, I think Hans Zimmer's uh, like orchestral style has changed. But um, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out um, as another reason to watch Days of Thunder. <laughs> um, but but cool, uh, yeah, I'm excited for for Scarface. Uh, Chris is maybe exacting revenge, maybe just uh, you know gonna be treating us to a good time. Who knows? Yeah, stay tuned is, for the next, a, next episode. Is there something I need to watch before Scarface? That's you have to watch the, the prequel, the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Regular <laughs> face, regular um, face, baby uh, face. Baby face, regular face, and then two face. Two face. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that'll do it for us this week on Essential Viewing. Uh, thank you all for listening. And as always, I've been Cole Bielan, joined by Christian Cuevas and Bryce Kramer. Thank you all for listening. Mm-hmm.